All right. Well, we are back for episode 37. I'm being told. Um, don't know if it's true or not, but I'm being told it's episode 37. So we're back. Um, and, you know, we, we got a fair bit to talk about today. We we have updated the fantasy stuff from last weekend and we're going to remember to talk about it this week. So that that's something we're going to do. Um, we got some college stuff to talk about with the Big Ten starting uh, their conference play last weekend. And uh, obviously we've all been at our own um, specific high school games that we've that we've been to uh, in the last week as well. So we got plenty to talk about today. Um, and, uh, you know, there's plenty of different, you know, headlines that have kind of gone around in the last week. And is there is there anything that you fellows want to start things off on? today yeah let's start with the most interesting part of the entire podcast this fantasy stuff <laughs> just to get that out of the way right off the bat uh so last week i lied brady did not win thankfully last week um i won last it's, week the Thank fix was in much. the fix was in yes the fix was in um <laughs> brady had the unfortunate circumstance of only having six total games played last week and angel reese with lsu not playing any games because they didn't have any games on their schedule last week. Uh, so Brady finished in last. Eric finished in second place once again. And then I won with 252 total points across nine total games. Uh, I got lucky because if I wouldn't have had nine games, then Eric probably would have won. Um, so sorry, Eric. Uh, week five this past week, back to the same. Brady winning and quite the landslide. Um, McKenna Hofschild was um, the best performer of the week with a 36, 10, and 8 line for a total of 53 points. Don't go short of that block, by the way. Yeah, and a block and two turnovers. So minus two there. Uh, but his team was, was very, um, very good all week. Uh, didn't really have any bad games uh, and, and was pretty steady throughout the week. Eric kind of got screwed over after Stanford did not have a game scheduled last week. So Cameron Breek didn't play. Um, however, his his most favorite player on his team, Cody McMahon, was his leading scorer for the week. Uh, and then I'm I was in last with 189 points. I did very terrible. I only had seven games. Um, Lauren Gustin continues to be a points and rebound machine, but unfortunately for me, she also is a turnover machine as she combined for 11 turnovers last week. Um, so as of right now, the standings are Brady three, me two, Eric has won no weeks. However, he has finished second in every single one of them, which is actually pretty crazy. Um, and then if you look at through five weeks, the overall total point total, Brady is in, ahead by quite a bit with uh, 1,510. Eric is actually in second with 1,332, and I am in last place, even though I've won two weeks with 1,235. So, um, Eric, I Eric's feel like a breakthrough that's, is coming. It's anyone. Uh, yeah. next, these next two weeks, though, could be anyone because there's so few games. Yeah, it's it's really gonna these next couple weeks. It's like you said, just gonna kind of depend on who gets lucky, um, and like who actually plays games. It's gonna Especially be really crazy week. when we come out. It's gonna be really crazy when we come out of these couple weeks and Eric still finishes second both weeks. Correct. That's gonna be something crazy. Listen, yeah, Mar Brown right now is on the on the road today to helping me. 
You better just hope uh, Rakia Jackson doesn't play this week because if she does, then fit your ass out, Rakia. <laughs> but if she misses the first game, then you're good to go with Mara. I should have just picked that means, her. That means that, that means Rakia's plan. That's, That's all I heard. <laughs> I, I can't believe you actually didn't pick her. To be honest with you, I was trying to be like, well, we'll keep it national because I know she's great and everything, and I thought we'd have more of a like balanced starting five, which we do. But she's still amazing and fantastic and wonderful. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Rakia has been. I mean, she was really good when she played. Like and Florida State, that, she was amazing. Yeah, 31, 17, and four assists. Like, I mean, she if she would do that every night, she's her best player. Obviously, she wouldn't do that every night, but yeah, she's you know, she can hard. average 22 and 12 or something like that. You know, she's one of your better players. So I would take Cody McMahon stopping these stupid five for 14 free throws. <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. That is yeah. rough. I'm guessing that half the time she just closed her eyes. Probably so. Yeah. Um, ooh, yeah, Eric, you're kind of in a, in a rough spot here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tennessee plays on... They don't even play this week. Good. Sit your ass out. <laughs> so what do we, what, what we do in that situation, Brady? Do we, do we allow him to have an IR person? Technically, she well, hasn't okay, been yeah, cleared because I... she has been out. She has been out, so yeah. Mara, Mara. I was gonna say because we didn't give out, um, you know, subs for when Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese were out, but they had been playing and were injured, so we'll give we'll give the benefit of the doubt and say he would have still not played this week. And in all fairness, it's Mara's only game. It's the only game she plays this week, so that's true. Now, I guess we can throw Eric a bone after being a perennial middle of the pack finisher in a three team yeah. race. Yeah, we'll just give him. We'll make sure to give him all the stuff he can. He can handle to to hopefully finish second again. Fair. It's the it's 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 Christmas time. It's giving season <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but yeah, it is. It's too bad Rakia doesn't play for twelve days after after next Tuesday. So she'll be out the next week for him. Thanks, Rakia. You drafted her. Stupidly. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I'm regretting three of my four. I'm regretting two of my five choices. I'm I'm regretting one. And I don't Same. even know if it's a regret because I she hasn't played yet. <laughs> oh, fair. <laughs> she looked she looked great when she was shooting a shoot around at the barn. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she did. I wish she'd just play. That'd be such a help. Fair. I I can't lie. I feel like I got a steal in the third round with McKenna Hofschild. Yep. I feel like I got quite the steal there. I look back and I'm confused. None of us took Alyssa Feely or Peely. Um, I'm a little surprised because yeah, like, no. she's a. I'm gonna say a freight train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she. I don't think she was even on my radar, actually. Mine either. Um, I mean, she. I will say though, big gal. Uh, Brady McKenna was going to be my next pick. Mm. It's a good I, thing I, I got her when I did them. I know. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that I got Gustin and Holmes first, but well, that them's the breaks, I suppose. Them the breaks. Yep. Yeah. Well, 
and they haven't been as good as, as I thought they would be yet. Yeah. Just because they, I mean, McKenzie Holmes two weeks ago played like Maine and Stetson. So like she's playing like 20 minutes a game. Can't do much about it. Well, got that conference play coming up here soon though. So maybe you'll, uh, maybe fortunes will turn. Yeah. I mean, they just, they just played Rutgers. She, she played really well. I mean, she was my, uh, she was the only reason they beat my <laughs> second or third leading score last week. She had 25 and eight against Rutgers. But my girl Lauren Gustin had twenty one and twenty one. So, yeah, Mackenzie Holmes is the only reason that they beat Rutgers because for some reason the rest of her teammates were drunk. Oh, uh, uh, Speaking of this, this might be a good segue into our next uh, topic. As I'm now turning into the host here, apparently. Um, yeah, you do. That. You're the gatekeeper. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. Shout out. <laughs> um, speaking of of IU. Uh, Sydney Parrish said in the press conference last week that that she was going to come back for her fifth year. Um, it was kind of funny actually how it came up because someone asked it asked a question about that if she had given any thought to it, and she's like, "Well, you know, no one's asked me about it yet, but uh, I, I'm coming back for my fifth year if, if <laughs> coach lets me." So it was kind of like a refresher and in, in, in the way of. Like she wasn't super vague about it. She didn't say, I'm going to have to, you know, wait till the end of the season, see where chips fall. You know, I, I know the family, they love IU. So, I mean, it's, it's not a surprise to me. I don't think it's really a surprise to anyone that she would come back for another year. Um, but yeah, it was just funny how it came up where she was, um, she was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm coming back for my fifth year and just like a mid year press conference. Um, which which kind of brings us, I think, to uh, the WNBA draft. And I know Eric has a bone to pick, too, uh, <laughs> a little bit with it. Um, but, yeah, the draft lottery was, you know, a couple days ago, whatever it was. And uh, the Indiana Fever got the number one pick. Um, and the, the Indiana or the Indianapolis, I guess, media is already so annoying because <laughs> they're obviously – Wherever Caitlin Clark goes, she will. She's going to turn. Oh, did we? Did we lose him? He got so excited about Indiana media. Oh well, I think it happens to all of us at least once. Just you know, the greater Indianapolis media just really gets to us and I'll, just like uh, makes us. I'll break the silence here and I'll say my bone. Um, I know that Caitlin Clark has some sarcasm to her. I would love. If she would say at one of her press conferences, you know, I've never been asked if I was going to, to be a pro this year. I'd love if she would say it because we know she's going to get asked every single time there's a microphone in front of her face. Um, if I here's what I don't understand, I get that WNBA has to, and basically they're taking the mentality of, well, they haven't said they're not coming out, so we're going to treat it that they are coming out. Wait till they announce they're coming out. Paige Beckers, Cameron Brink, a- AZ Fudd has already said she's not like. The only ones that technically that are I've seen in mock drafts that are actually guaranteed to be there is Rakia Jackson and um, Kitley from Virginia Tech. They're the only ones out of eligibility. Oh, and JC Sheldon. My apologies. She can't stay any longer. Get out. <laughs> so that's my thing is like, but Caitlin, Paige, Cameron, um, Aaliyah Edwards and all that, they all have the ability to come back. Wait until they can come back. Mock drafts are so pointless until you know who's in and who's out of the draft. But I stand by 
Caitlin Clark gets a thousand bonus points for me. If someone's like, are you going to be a pro? And she answers the question by saying, I've never been asked that before. I would love it. Well, I just want to add a little bit too. I think it's uh, one, obviously like the money's different on the NBA side that is the WNBA side. So I just wanted to look up the numbers quick, just to like show the difference of like what you'd really be missing out on. So last year, um, Exactly. But last year on the, you know, the first overall pick in the NBA draft, Victor Wembanyama, um, his rookie scale contract was $10.13 million. And that's a four-year contract with an option. So that's about $50 million you're getting being the first overall pick. And obviously, like Eric said, in the WNBA draft, you're getting 74000 That's like, like, you know, I'm sure she's probably making more than that with NIL alone. And like, why, like, I mean, sure, a lot of those will translate, but like, I'm sure playing at Iowa in front of sold out crowds every night and, you know, basically being the traveling circus of the big 10 right now is probably much more fun than, than whatever that would be. Yeah. Also like she's still got stuff to accomplish at the college level too. It's not like she's completed like college basketball. She, you know, still is chasing a national championship, whether you want to like, you know, like um, think it's like realistic or not. Um, She's obviously like closing in on like the record for scoring in a college career. Granted, she got a little bit of help from the COVID year, but you know, that's, you know, neither here nor there. It's like, there's still stuff for her to do in college basketball. That's, you know, that would probably drive her to want to stay there. So I just don't understand like kind of where this, like outside of it just being, oh, she's a senior, so she can come out. Like, I don't understand like where the rest yeah. of that's coming from. It's kind of felt like it's gotten a little over the top a little bit um, since I'm, the lottery. I'm also glad Brady brought that up. This goes for Paige and Caitlin, because once again, it's the media is disingenuous on both sides. A lot of people are like, well, why would they leave college? They're like, they, you know, are they making all this money? I'm not saying they are leaving. I once again, I've said they, you know, wait till they do. Caitlin and Paige's NILs are national. Gatorade, Nike, State Farm for Caitlin, Crocs for Paige. They're going to follow with them. They will, because especially when they're multiple years, they're going to follow them to the WNBA. Like they're a-okay. Like some people are like, oh, they're going to lose all that money. Not, Caitlin might lose local ones in Iowa if she goes to a different state or something of that nature. Paige may lose local anything. You, I don't know what the hell's out in Connecticut. Sorry, never been there. But their national ones are going to stay with them. Like they always have. Aaliyah Boston kept her Adidas one last year when she went to the pros. That's my thing. Is like, just be honest. <laughs> like the media is like, she's losing money. She's going pro. Leave her alone. Like that girl has to is selling out Wisconsin Badgers Arena. Give her an award. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that game later. But <laughs> point taken is 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 Mason back with us? To I am back. To Sorry about Welcome that. Back. It um, happens. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, everything froze, and I got a text from my girlfriend that said. Um, I'm unplugging the router. It's not working for me. Sorry for the late <laughs> notice. Uh, so she just unplugged the router and just kicked me off completely. <laughs> and I was on Wi-Fi, so it cut out. So fair, fair. apologize right. for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, basically, I was just saying that the Indianapolis media is is very, um, very annoying right now about it. We don't even know if she's coming out yet. I, I would say there's probably a better than 50-50 shot that she's staying. Same with, you know, Paige Beckers and Cameron Brink. And, like, like for as good as this draft class could be, it could also be, like, really bad, too, <laughs> just depending on, on who stays in college. Um, and, like, Eric was saying as I reconnected in, um, you know, all these people – 
they're saying, oh, well, you know, all these NIL deals and yada, yada, yada. Like, it's not, they're not going to lose them when they leave college. It's going to continue with them. Like, Kalen Clark didn't just sign with Gatorade just because they wanted a college athlete and it would end when she leaves college. Like, that's not how that works. Like, she's going to be a Gatorade athlete, you know, until, you know, she quits playing basketball or even, you know, um, even beyond that. So, mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah, I, uh, mm. I, I, I feel like there's a, I, I just feel like there's a lot more for them to accomplish in, in, in college, which would lead me to believe that they're probably staying. But you know, that's just a me personally thing without obviously knowing anyone in, involved in, in the, uh, in this whole process. Right. And I know Brady mentioned the the discrepancy between the um, the pay between NBA and WNBA. Uh, and obviously the WNBA pay is is much lower um, than the NBA. Um, and, and obviously like, you know, for good reason in, in terms of the NBA brings in $10 billion a year. Um, players are guaranteed to get just over 50% of that revenue. So about $5 billion goes to uh, the players each year. Um, in the WNBA, they only bring in about $60 million in revenue. Um, and right about 25% goes to the players, um, which is about $12 million. So, like, yeah, while um, – you know, WNBA players aren't aren't obviously ever going to be paid the mu- as much. You know, I still think, you know, the WNBA can get it up to that fifty percent number in terms of, um, you know, giving the players half of the revenue. I think that's something that needs to happen. Um, but yeah, there's just such a such a big gap too there. But um, I just wanted to throw throw the revenue stuff out there as well. And on that, the last thing I'll say is, you know, I, my only bone to pick, and this is not with Mason and Brady because I know they respect the WNBA and respect women's basketball. Duh, we're on the podcast here together. I would like fans to understand, like, when people compare any NBA or WNBA, like, when people, like, you know, you see a lot of time, like, um, what's the NBA president or whatever? So Adam, Adam Silver. Silver. What they talk about is they can't compare where the NBA is today to where the WNBA is today. I always say, WNBA is going into their 28th, I'm pretty sure, 28th season. Compare them to where the NBA was at their 28th season. That's a comparison you can do. And if you look at it, the WNBA is far and ahead in terms of attention, teams, revenue, all that. They're ahead of where the NBA was. So that's just what frustrates me when Adam Silver is like, well, the WNBA loses money. Where were you, princess, in your year 28? You're in year, what, 75, 77, whatever? To compare the NBA and WNBA where they were at 28 year at the same time, you can't because obviously the NBA's had decades ahead. They're going to be ahead. The WNBA is once again they're riding the wave of the Caitlin Clarks, the college basketball, the Paige Beckers, those bringing attention. And they're when Caitlin and Paige go to the WNBA, we're bringing more fan bases and more eyes to the WNBA to follow those stars. That's what I'll say on that. Adam Silver, listen. Oh, he can listen. Trust me. <laughs> he can hear everything. If you know what I'm talking, if you're put, picking up what I'm putting down. Um, 
Yeah, I think too, you know, in, in a weird way, I think that the COVID year actually helped college basketball on the women's side because there's just nothing else going on. Correct. And so like, you know, college basketball on the men's and women's side was really the only stuff that was, um, you know, kind of being, being played. Um, you know, the, the NBA was being played, but I don't think a lot of people really watched the bubble stuff. Um, and, and, you know, Caitlin Clark was kind of captivating the audience at that time. Um, and so, you know, we're seeing this wave of, of players getting ready to come out um, on the women's side to the WNBA. And I think it's really going to be kind of the most, uh, I would say the, the biggest collection of notoriety of players that I think will ever have gone to the WNBA in either a one or two year span too. So I think that's going to be, you know, really good for the game as well, just because, um, you know, over the past three, four years, the eyes not only on the college game, but also, you know, the high school games has gotten bigger. And a lot of those kids are now, you know, in terms of, of Caitlin Clark and Paige Beckers, you know, those kids are now just getting in to the end of their college careers. And there's been eyes on them, you know, pretty heavily for the last three or four years, especially, you know, as, as the highlight culture has, has been more prevalent over the last couple of years as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's all, you know, in the end going to be really good for, for the game. Is there uh, anything more we kind of want to add on onto this, or are we uh, ready to talk about some, some college basketball that happened over this past week? College basketball time, baby. Oh God. Do you want, do we want to get the Purdue Minnesota thing out of the way now? So we don't have to do it later. I'm asking, 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 Mason. Let's do it. (laughs) The refs right. were terrible. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Is that how it starts and ends, Eric? No, Mara Braun's amazing. She's fantastic. She's unstoppable. Oh, yeah. And every everyone that plays against Minnesota, if they play well, they're terrible. No, Paige is great. Besides Paige. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to just get, we'll give a, this will get a good segue back to kind of re- tie into where we had the fantasy thing and the gopher thing. Mar Brown went off for three straight threes on three straight possessions here in the third quarter. So I'm thrilled I got her this week. Any hoozy doozy. Well, you don't have her anymore. Liar, Ricky is not playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, to be honest, it's the gophers have said, I've said it before. This team now has set themselves up to be an at they did as well as you possibly can so far i shouldn't jinx them because we still have lindenwood but they've done as well as you <laughs> well, possibly okay, can they lose the lindenwood didn't right fire the coaching staff now but nine times out of ten or 99 percent, they should be going into the showdown on the 30th of december 11 and one your only loss is not a bad loss and you were competitive for three of the four quarters your defense has been fantastic the purdue game it just shows they still have, they had, they have that fight. They don't give up. They come, they don't get rattled in late situations. Mara's, I'm still standing by one of the top five players in the Big Ten, hitting clutch buckets, getting the one to tie it in the game. I, I think her three point shooting was, I mean, she, to give Abby Ellis credit, she stuck on Mara Braun most games, and Mara was having to get threes off in her face kind of creating getting them off quickly and she was doing that and still hitting them um it was once again it's a big win for multiple reasons a Purdue's 
Mm, probably. I don't know where Mason would have Drake or Purdue. Purdue's for sure their best power five win because they're only power five wins are Kentucky and Purdue, technically. UConn, yes, is a power five team, but they're in the Big East. So I would say Purdue, maybe since they're power five, their best win to date so far. Um, and it was, and also it's only the only time they play Purdue. You have now a, um, what do they call them? Tiebreaker in your pocket when it comes to, you know, tiebreakers and in that, that middle of the big 10 is going to be very jumbled. I think Illinois and Michigan have each looked like they're beatable. Michigan state has looked beatable. Nebraska has looked beatable. Penn state has looked beatable. Purdue has looked beatable. Minnesota has moments where they look beatable. So that cluster in the middle like five through 10 is going to be really interesting. And having a tiebreaker against Purdue is huge. Amaya battle, massive shout out, huge free throws, huge steal. Um, especially after she had just missed the first free throw that could have tied it up earlier in the game for her to step back up as tied and hit the two game winning ones. Absolutely fantastic. But I also have to give a shout out. Let's go big. Soph. Soph the Gof. I'm a fan. Sophie Hart. Fit. Hey, that's, a, that's a good one. I'll give you credit there. I can't take credit for that. That's that, that's what the media, that's what the Star Tribune calls her, Soph the Gove. Oh, well, they <laughs> um, took your Madden nickname, so. Yeah. But yeah, so and I just, I've told Brady this. I think she fits this roster so much better than last year's Ball Hog did. So I feel, oh, God. <laughs> so I feel <laughs> like because she's willing to pass, but she knows when to look for her shot. She gives you a solid six four option to go down to for scoring the jump shot looks a little scary at times but hey she hit one so go ahead self i I said so i'm very proud i can't be more proud of this team i said we're well on our way 21 point lead right now heading into the fourth or in the late third quarter right now should probably hold on to this tomorrow maybe can put up 30 and then yeah you said you have some time off then you have lindenwood and then I'm not going into the Iowa game expecting to win, but I'm curious to see what they can do in that environment. It's their second road game of the year. You're dealing with the star of college basketball who can put up 40, 50 on your head in an instant. Your defense is going to be challenged more than it even probably was against UConn because they have a lot of three-point shooters. It's a big measuring stick to see where you are, how far you still have to go. Are you legit an NCAA tournament team? Are you legit someone that could fight for four and fourth and fifth in the Big Ten? Are we still, or you know, are we still have a long way to go? That's what I'm looking for on the thirtieth. Mar Braun, Braun Mamba, you the best. Um, just to add on, because I didn't want to interrupt Eric again, because we interrupted him a bunch before this podcast and also during this podcast. Um, Lindenwood is one for one on D1 wins and ending the other coaching staff's tenure at that at that said school. So you know, I, the Grim Reaper may be coming to town. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, shout out Linda Wood. Shout out Amy Egan for getting her first Division One win, too. Um, oh, yeah, obviously Lynn, Yeah, obviously Lindenwood is is not very good this year. I think that's obvious obvious to everyone. Um, however, I I think they're in a really good spot with with Egan as their coach. She's won everywhere. Um, you know, she's she's playing a lot of new kids this year and a lot of kids that you know she had committed to her um previously uh that came over from from Drury um so I think I think they're gonna be good here relatively probably quickly um she's a really good coach uh they just aren't you know aren't there yet obviously but she had quite a bit of work um you know ahead of her 
Um, but yeah, just quickly on, on the Minnesota Purdue game. Um, yeah, I said last week, the, the reason Purdue would lose if they lose is because of their three point shooting. Um, however, that, that obviously was not the case. Um, they shot it fairly well, uh, all things considered. Um, but they got into a situation where they could not, uh, you know, take care of the ball. They turned it over and turned it over and turned it over and turned it over. Uh, and that's another thing that kind of rears up for them sometimes from time to time is, is turnovers. Um, and obviously, you know, that's why they lost. You have you have a two point game and you have nineteen turnovers. That's that's never gonna never gonna go well. Um, and you know, Janet Terry once again had a on the surface solid game with seven points, fifteen rebounds, nine assists, but she also had seven turnovers. She's playing out of position. She's not a point guard, as I've said multiple times. She cannot shoot the ball, even though somehow she was one for one from three point range. That probably upped her career three-point percentage like two and a half percent um but yeah i mean everything <laughs> else on on the team is is pretty solid um you know they're still obviously Purdue's really young too um you know when when you have to play four of your starters 35 minutes or more um and brashonda jones who is probably your best pure scorer is out um you know, you're not going to have much bench scoring and, and it's obvious with zero points off the bench. Um, and so they'll continue to get better. They're, they're probably not as good as I expected them to be this year, but they also don't have much depth on the bench, um, you know, past just a couple of the freshmen, um, especially with Rashenda out for an extended period of time. That's, you know, she would have probably played, about 20 minutes, 25 minutes in the game. And, you know, has, has been averaging, you know, double digit games her past couple of games she's played. So um, yeah, off, off the Purdue soapbox, I still think they're probably like a lower middle half for the big 10 team. Um, just because there are some pretty, pretty bad big 10 teams um, at the bottom. Uh, but to kind of go against Eric a little bit with what he said earlier, um, I think Drake's their best win, Minnesota's best win right now. I think uh, I think Drake would just kind of – I don't want to say destroy, but I think they would easily handle Purdue with their proneness to turnovers. Um, I think Drake would, would – I, I think Drake would be favored by probably like seven or eight points in a game against Purdue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's – that's about it on that game. Um, My question is for you. Do you think Katie would ever move Ellis to the point guard position and have Janae off ball? No, because Janae is a, she, she is a good distributor. She makes a lot of like dumb decisions, but she does distribute the ball pretty well and, and does have good court vision. Uh, and Abby was actually the point guard the first year that she came in um, because Purdue didn't really they didn't have anyone else that could play point. Um, and that didn't go fantastic. And she's, she's been a lot better since she's been moved off the ball. So I don't think there's going to be any change there. Fair. Uh, should, I, should I talk about the Wisconsin-Iowa game, the one that was sold out and the one that Eric had hit Because everyone before? wants to see the Badgers. 
exactly that's that's probably why yeah i'm sure that's why but yeah if people wait five hours outside to see the badgers i want you guys getting a ct scan well they technically did yeah sad all of you get a ct (laughs) (laughs) um so the funny thing about the uh iowa wisconsin game is that for the first like probably in a little bit into the third quarter i thought wisconsin looked pretty solid um, I think the biggest problem was Sarah Williams getting into foul trouble, um, who Eric knows as Soro Williams because the Big Ten Plus people mispronounced her name once, so he knows her as Soro. Yeah. Um, so I think her foul trouble is the biggest problem in that game um, because she only played 17 minutes in that game and finished with 15 and 8, which obviously is pretty solid considering if you play 17 minutes, score 15 points, grab 8 rebounds, it's pretty good. And she was very, very solid in her, you know, limited game time but um those fouls were you know all earned and some you can kind of see coming from a mile away right when she started you know going after um a kid on the other on on the iowa side of things but obviously with uh with iowa you have caitlin clark who was the best kid on the floor you know we she was great for my fantasy team and she was great for iowa and in madison as well um also, Hannah Stolke had a really, really good game off the bench, and I thought she looked really, really good. Um, just kind of playing the, uh, you know, kind of playing this like a screen and roll post and, you know, being strong around the basket and kind of just doing a lot of, uh, you know, things that you would just kind of want to post to do alongside a, you know, an elite distributor as a, of a guard like Caitlin Clark. Um, however, I will say I, I think the biggest problem that Wisconsin faces against teams like Iowa is going to be the fact that Sarah Williams has consistently gotten into foul trouble in games like that. Um, I'm not saying obviously they wouldn't they probably wouldn't have won even if Sarah Williams played, you know, the 35 to 40 minutes, she probably would have played. But obviously the game probably would have been a lot closer. And I think the biggest thing for Wisconsin is making sure she stays out of foul trouble because that's been a a routine problem for a long time for her. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's really any chance that Wisconsin competes with any, any team of note without her on the floor. And uh, I, I mean, like, that's just going to be kind of the barometer is if she gets into foul trouble or not, because uh, if she gets into foul trouble, they'll lose. If she doesn't, they have a chance to win. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the Wisconsin takeaway. Also with, uh, with Iowa, the fact that they have, you know, a kid that comes off the bench in, in Anastolke that can play 26 minutes, score 21 points, pretty much all at the rim, is uh, probably quite handy. Um, also, just the general um, depth that they have in in talent there is always kind of interesting to see. Because so I don't think the depth there gets talked about much, but they have all these, like, you know, 5, 10, 5, you know, whatever, however tall they are guards who can come in and just shoot. And, you know, just coming in for other kids who can also just shoot and kind of sit down and defend a little bit. Um, so I'm always kind of appreciative of the fact that they have some of these kids that come off the bench and, you know, can just really put in some valuable minutes for them. And I just don't think they get talked about a whole lot. And, uh, uh, mainly because you do have the, uh, you know, the, the icon that kind of is Caitlin Clark in college basketball at this time, where kind of everyone is kind of going around to watch her play. But that, that was, uh, that would be my takeaway on, on that Iowa, um, 20 point win over Wisconsin. If there's anything you, you fellas would like to add. I will give you a report of how the Badgers do today because I'll be at the St. Thomas Badger game tonight. Well, I'll be watching it as well because I have ESPN Plus. <laughs> I'll be in the arena eating popcorn with Grant. And and Ruth, you gonna hang out with Ruth after the game? I'll go right down the bench. Are you kidding me? I'll hang out with my peeps. I'll be like, sub. You gonna wear your Mar your Braun Mamba shirt? Absolutely not. I would not I that is reserved for <laughs> Braun Mamba. Wow. I'll probably wear a gopher sweatshirt, though. I'll probably be like, I'm here against my will. I'm kidding. 
Uh, he said it. He, yeah. he said it, not me. Well, uh, is there anything is there anything you guys want to talk about with Illinois and the fact that they got absolutely destroyed by, the by Michigan? The, the flipper <laughs> had fallen off of Cinderella. I'm sorry. They, there's no way. Once again, I get the three-point differential, but a team that came in with expectation of being fourth, possibly third in the Big Ten, we all saw them explode last year. They're great. They brought everyone back. I know Madrika Cook was injured early in the year. What she the played. hell? What she the played. hell? Like, y'all, like, the slipper is off. Cinderella is drunk. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> yeah, that's a good uh, one. I, th- I think in my pocket that one, honestly. Just saying. It's, what she drunk on, though? Wine? Probably since it's Cinderella. The entire bar. <laughs> the way they looked against Michigan, the entire bar. <laughs> Well, it is a uh, it is truly impressive that they didn't manage to even shoot thirty percent from the field. I think that's kind of crazy. I feel like you can accidentally if you're if you have enough talent, you can accidentally shoot your way to thirty percent. I would I would think, but obviously Michigan Milwaukee kind of put them last year, or Wisconsin in that game. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, and and to kind of uh, talk about. I was just a little bit more. I think we did the podcast last Monday. The next day was the uh, the Iowa State Iowa game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that went uh, a little bit different than people had expected. Obviously, Iowa State is very very young this year, playing a ton of freshmen. Um, but hey, Iowa only ended up winning. But Iowa, Iowa only ended up winning by nine points, and Caitlin Clark only scored. Or. Iowa only scored 67 points. Um, you know, obviously, Kate and Clark had a good game with 35. Um, but Iowa State did a really nice job of kind of shutting everyone else down, um, besides Kate Martin, who was able to get loose a couple times. Um, but I think that just shows a little bit of the improvement that Iowa State's already made this year uh, in terms of being able to hang with Iowa. I think everyone kind of thought that it was going to be you know, kind of a blowout game uh, just because Iowa State has has struggled and, you know, they're sitting at, you know, they were sitting at uh, four and three coming into the game and they kind of lost to some teams that they probably wouldn't have lost to in the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite surprising uh, that, you know, it was, it was even tied with, I think, four minutes to go in the game. Um, so a lot of credit to Iowa State there for playing Iowa tough, um, much tougher than some teams have played Iowa this year. That's that's for sure. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to one of Eric's favorites and McKenna Marisa for having a, a pretty solid game against Ohio State, even though they ended up losing in overtime. She had 28. So I'm sure I'm sure Eric has a lot of thoughts on McKenna Marisa scoring 28 points and how much she hates the fact that she played well. But shout, shout out to her for continuing to play well in, in the face of Eric, you know, Wishing nothing but the worst to her on the on the floor. Congrats for never winning an all star or winning an overtime game. I'm so proud of you, McKenna. <laughs> She's never won an overtime game. Probably not, Eric. I bet that's I bet that's false. I'm sure she. I'm <laughs> sure when they went to overtime in some non conference against some Yahoo team, she probably found a way to win. Is it does it scare you at all that they are like like kind of good this year? No. Like what? If, what if they beat Minnesota this year again? They can't beat them when we didn't have a defense. But they did in the Big Ten tournament. No, they beat Wayland. 
And they also, <laughs> once again, they still gave up, they still gave up <laughs> an 18 point lead An 18 point lead. They gave up after losing to them twice. And now we have a defense. I will <laughs> take my chances all day long. And a Wusu's out this year. Shame back till next year. Oh my God. That's <laughs> yeah, they, they beat us when we didn't have a defense. No, they beat Whalen is the, is the best flip flop. I think I've heard in my entire <laughs> life. That was truly you want to hear something funny. You want to hear something that's actually kind of funny? I just looked up um, all of McKinnon Reese's college games to see oh, how many um, overtime games she's won. Um, and it is uh, exactly zero. Uh, she's 0 and 5 in <laughs> <No>, overtime. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that nice. doesn't help. That doesn't help the cause, that's for sure. <laughs> well, what if she what if she goes to overtime again with Minnesota and wins? As long as they ain't double overtime again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That took for those 50 minute games take a lot out of me. And I wasn't even at this last one. Yeah, well imagine what it takes out of Mara for having to play all 50 minutes. Queen. Goddamn queen. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I don't know how much uh, is there anything else that you boys wanna wanna, you know, mention before we head over to the high school stuff? High school time, baby. Well, actually yeah, last wasn't... thing for me. Well, last thing for much, me, uh, like, yeah, there just wasn't um, much college stuff going on last week or this week. Um, last thing I want a quick shout out is the St. Thomas Tommies coming down to the four one four in Milwaukee and beating the Panthers in a in a pretty competitive game that Milwaukee had a chance to tie it tie it late, but couldn't quite you know get a handle on the inbound pass on on the baseline out of bounds. But uh, one another one of Eric's favorites, and Amber Scali had twenty four in that game. Um, and, and she played very well um, in, in that one. So, you know, in, in a game where I hoped everyone would have fun, um, you know, it was a pretty competitive game throughout, even though St. Thomas probably had a had a pretty, you know, probably like a five-point lead, basically it felt like throughout. But, yeah, shout out, shout out to them, essentially, is what I'm getting at. All right, now I'm good. <laughs> we high school season it? High school season this? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we have to. I'll start. Okay. Mainly because I have the least amount to talk about, probably. Um, yeah, so uh, last week I went to one game, um, just because I had some stuff going on and um, had some holiday stuff going on the weekend, so I wasn't able to get out to any games on the weekend. Um, but I went last Thursday to see Carmel uh, play Westfield. Um, it was a pretty solid game, I would say. Um, both teams are pretty talented. Both teams have, have quite a bit of talent. Um, but for whatever reason, they couldn't like score the ball at all. Uh, I think the final score did like 42 to 41. Um, I thought Lauren Perry for Carmel played pretty well. Um, really solid, lanky, lengthy, um, shooter, um, who, who kind of plays on the wing at six, two, um, Kenzie Woods, I thought, had a good game. Carmel's obviously missing, uh, or I guess wouldn't be obvious to, to anyone listening, but um, they're missing one of their better guards in uh, Mallory Borquin, um, or Borquine. Um, and so they definitely miss her just because they don't have as much depth as as they probably need. Um, but they, they held pretty close to a Westfield team that's been, you know, really good this year um with some talent um but Westfield ended up winning that game um Monday's game where did I go Monday this Monday uh it was probably a crapper yeah it probably was uh but last night I went to um another game that wasn't great but 
Um, I saw Burbuff play Heritage Christian. Um, there, there were some some really intriguing kids on both sides. Uh, Jalen Bowling from Burbuff is a freshman who's probably five ten, five eleven ish. Um, just moves really well without the ball. Um, you know, kind of kind of knows what's going on. Kind of advanced basketball IQ for a freshman. Um, I was I was actually anticipating that she was going to be. Um, you know, a junior or a senior, but when I realized that she was the the freshman kid that I had heard some stuff about, um, I was even a little bit more impressed just because of you know her her ability on the floor to to kind of you know stick out as as a kid who you know plays much much older than than how she you know her actual age, um, and then. Jocelyn Marshall for Heritage Christian um, is an, is another like five ten wing. Um, she's a junior. I thought she played really really well. She scored twenty four points um, in the game and was able to kind of shoot the ball from from deep, get to the rim, get to the line. Um, but th- it was you know a pretty entertaining game. Unfortunately, uh, the game that Brady went to last night, um, one team scored. What was it? Eighty-three points, and three seventy-eight final. Yeah, and, and my game ended in overtime, forty-five to forty. So that's the type of basketball you get in Indiana. God. Um, but yeah, heading out to to two game or one game tonight, one game tomorrow, one game Friday. So I'll have a lot more to talk about. Hopefully next week. Um. So I also had sort of a shorter week just because I was uh. Keep an eye on my dog for the most part last week. But there's two games I, you know, I was at the last about week that I would really like to talk about. The first one, actually both games involved Homestead. Um, so the first one was at Pewaukee last week. And it was a, uh, it was also a fundraiser for, you know, juveniles with diabetes. Um, one of the Tarian twins and Anna Tarian was diagnosed with, uh, with diabetes. Uh, I forget what type, but, uh, there was like a whole fund fund uh, fundraiser for, you know, that charity. And, uh, everyone came out wearing, you know, the shirts with the, with the logo on it for the charity. And it was really cool, um, you know, gesture and, you know, obviously, you know, really cool for, you know, the, for as many people that came out to support it that did. Um, did you wear but, the shirt? Yeah. Did you have a shirt, Brady? I, I did not. So they only gave the players, the shirts and coaches, the shirts, the yes. no one, no one else got the shirts. Otherwise, I would did have you donate to the did you did you I did. donate to the cause? I did. Oh, okay, there we go. Good thing because I was getting ready to really rail into the other. You did. Well, I also <laughs> I also showed up in a in a Michigan State hoodie, which uh, had the Terrians' parents absolutely light up like a Christmas tree when they saw me in that. So that was also pretty, pretty fun. Um, and uh, so Jordan in that Wood. game, uh, yeah, R.I.P. Jordan Wood and her commitment to Michigan State. Um, but is what it is. Um, anyway, so um, Homestead actually played really well in in the first half. It was probably as good. As- of a defensive half that I had seen anyone um, have uh, on Pewaukee. Um, They only gave up 22 points in the first half, which I would likely assume is probably the least amount of points that Pewaukee scored in a half since the Terrians have been there um, since starting in what the 20... 
21 22 season um and uh in the second half they came out and uh kind of you know brought the hammer down um kylie peeper had a career game in the second half alone i think she had 15 points in the second half finished with 18 um and obviously uh you know having you know a kid that's like your fifth option go for 18 points and 15 in the second half is you know good recipe to win games and uh you know, in the end, Pewaukee ran away with it, winning the second half by 20 points. Um, I also did predict before the game that it would be Pewaukee by 14. And lo and behold, Pewaukee won by 14. So maybe I know a thing or two. Who knows? Probably just lucked into that one. But regardless. Um, so that was a really, really fun experience um, just for, you know, the, you know, the drive that was going on. And obviously for Pewaukee kind of winning that in the, in the fashion that they did. Um, the other game that I went to was uh, a, a home game at Homestead. Um, where Homestead, you know, was playing uh, Hartford, who was uh, arguably, you know, those are, well, not arguably, those are the two best teams in the North Shore Conference. And, uh, you know, having, you know, those two teams play against each other, I think at worst, the winner of that game is going to be at least a uh, a uh, split conference winner, even if they, you know, like I don't think there's going to be another loss between these two teams outside of the teams are playing outside of those two teams in conference. Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought that offensively, I thought Hartford kind of got whatever they wanted. I think the biggest difference in the first half was on the boards. Um, I believe going into the half Homestead was winning the rebounding battle 19 to 13. And I believe they still won it fairly convincingly at the end. I didn't, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. Um, but I thought that Natalie Miller, um, who's probably going to end up being a D2 kid when it's all said and done was outstanding. She was on on triple double watch basically the entire second half she finished at least unofficially with 14 10 and 8 um 10 rebounds that being an eight assist um so she was really really good whenever she had the ball um she crashed the offensive glass um, pretty much whenever she felt like it and uh madison fitzgibbon had you know 25 points she's been one of the best you know scorers in southeastern wisconsin wisconsin as a whole since she got into homestead and she'll likely finish with 2000 career points when it's all said and done as you know as long as she stays healthy then you know the other three kids that you know homestead really you know rides you know rides out for an entire game grace ortman lauren Strifling, caitlin odom all scored double digits Grace Ortman had seven rebounds, Lauren Strifling had eight rebounds, and Caitlin Odom was, you know, defending, you know, uh, McKenna Christian on, on the Hartford side, who had 18 on 11. Um, and then, you know, another couple other kids who really stood out for Hartford, um, Bella Clogus um, is, you know, like a 5'10", kind of a gadget kind of kid, kind of a combo guard, but kind of not really a guard. She's like a creative three, I would say. Um, and she was pretty much, you know, as good as you could have asked her to be in the second half. Like she got to the rim whenever she wanted. She was distributing really well. And then obviously Rita Kepper as well, who's got a long way to go on the defensive end. But offensively, she's pretty much where you'd want a point guard to be. She's as smooth as they come. She, you know, was the leading scorer for Hartford. She had 19 last night. And um, I thought that she was fantastic as well. And Homestead ended up, you know, pulling that one, pulling that one out late. Um, so, yeah, I would likely assume that Homestead um, probably at least at worst wins a share of the North Shore Conference this year again, um, which they have the last, you know, two years and only lost one game in conference in that span. So I would assume that they their reign of dominance in that conference is probably going to, you know, stay intact this year. If but that's, that was my, uh, if you want it to be. Okay. Um, I think I went in person to two games this last week. We'll start with, and yes, I'm going to say this, bold thing i'm starting to maybe think that there's a better team at least playing right now than providence i'm excited when they play each other but minnetonka looks really good and 
I don't think I know. problems. Yep. Everyone on this podcast knows that's where my loyalty doesn't lie. Um, no, but like when I went to the Minnetonka game against Chaska and shout out Chaska, they were three and zero at the time. It was two three and zero teams. I didn't realize it until I was there, like looking at stats and stuff. Minnetonka has not let a team score more than thirty six points this year, or this yeah, so far this year. Granted, it's a small number of games, but and people say it's their lack, of, like their strength of schedule. You're playing Centennial, who has two D one kids. You know, Centennial has been a state tournament power. They're good. Chaska was three and zero. Chaska has really a, a really uh, they have you know a hot Aubrey Hire who's going D two Bemidji State. Um, Ella Keenan has been excellent this year. Like she has really taken a leap forward. Um, so that was a nice post. She did really well. She's having I guess they were talking about that. Drake's been talking to her a little bit. So Chaska was no pushover. I think they beat White Bear Lake. You have D two Jordan going you know at that one. So they've it's not like the you know Lakeville South. You know, they want them. You have Finley Olmstead Olmstead going to Kansas State. They've beaten quality opponents and they have, I mean, dominated. Linnell Wright in this game had 23. Aaliyah had 24. It just looked easy. I mean, they just look like a machine right now. So I I stand 10 toes down. Everything I can put down, I'm standing behind Minnetonka winning 4A right now because I've yet to see a team on both sides of the floor be as dominant as they have been um speaking of 4a a big matchup yesterday which uh went the way of maple grove they beat eden prairie um brady had talked about how good um, tori schlegel had looked for eden prairie um jordan odie it was back and forth throughout the game i think basically the whole entire first half and up until maybe the last two or three minutes it was like a four-point game at most either way both Tori Schlegel and Jordan Odie did their thing, did great. Um, huge shout out Jordan Odie, scoring her thousandth point. Um, like I said, that was a big time matchup with two teams that are kind of trying to get up to that top level of the Minnetonkas, the Hopkins, and them in 4A. And they really both showed their excellent team. That was a big win for Maple Grove that could come and pay off later down the road. Oh goodness, I'm probably forgetting someone. I'm I'm assuming those are the games that I went to and watched. So congrats, I guess, to people. Um, I guess big. I mean, big games coming up in two A are coming up here. Um, next Tuesday you have the two A state championship rematch. Providence travels down to Albany, and Providence plays at Lakeville North this Friday. Two pretty big games, I would say, for Providence. They'll, they'll be challenged in different ways. I'm. Assuming I'm going down to Albany next Tuesday, if I can, if work doesn't be a pain in the hooch. So I need to go down. Uh, so that's a drive, but I'll be down there, Albany versus the, the championship rematch. I'll be curious to see, you know, Albany on their home court, Alyssa Sand getting another chance at, um, you know, the rivalry of championship. They played for the championship two of the last three seasons. They're each one and one in championship games against each other. So should be a great one. God, I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm like forgetting all of a sudden everything that Minnesota high school did this. Um, actually, Mason, her his old stomping grounds. Uh, Saturday, Hopkins goes down to Johnston. So Liv McGill will take her talents and try and go against the high power Johnston team. Yeah, that's um, that uh, that is the uh, Winter Classic down there at uh, Johnston. This weekend, um, did, they did a really nice job of of getting, you know, a, a good Minnesota team 
uh, to come down, which I think it's, I know the first year when, when I ran it, it, it didn't have any out-of-state teams. I don't believe last year it had any out-of-state teams too, but, you know, for Iowa, um, you know, if, if you're a fan, you know, a basketball fan in Iowa, you know, it's a really good week end of games uh, to, to go watch, you know, at, at Johnson, you've got five games that day. It's um, Dallas center Grimes and Xavier, obviously Dallas center Grimes won, um, you know, state title last year. And then uh, they're playing Xavier, who is obviously always pretty good and, and pretty good again this year uh, as well. Um, and then you've got Valley and Sioux City East. Um, Valley has is, is been really good so far this year. Um, you know, Sioux City East is, is supposed to be pretty good um, and have been playing well this year. Um, Alex Flattery has been uh, excellent uh, all year long, scored, um, you know, been above 30 points a couple times already. So that should be a really good game. Um, and then two o'clock, you've got Hopkins versus Johnson. And then at three 30, you've got Pleasant Valley versus Dowling. Pleasant Valley, obviously winning, uh, the state title last year, Dowling being probably the second best team in the state this year. And then you've got Centennial versus, uh, Davenport North. Uh, Ingeny Centennial is, you know, a really good grinded out type team, um, wants to keep the score low. Uh, and Davenport North is is kind of the team that's going to try to run it on you with uh, Divine, uh, KK Farnham, and um, Journey. So you've got five pretty good matchups headlined by probably Johnson Hopkins at two o'clock. Um, but yeah, those those games are going to be you know the, I wouldn't be surprised if all those teams make it to state like and might be a couple state champions in that group too. So. What's the what's the prediction, Eric? You got you got Hopkins or Johnson? I love Alexis. She's one of my best friends. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's picking Johnson. <laughs> I, that, I love you fair. all. I, I love you all, Hopkins. I love you all. He that's that's him not wanting to step on any toes and pick Johnson. So you heard it here first. Eric's picking Johnson. He knows. Uh, I am and, too. And the heart of hearts. Me too. Sorry, Hopkins. <laughs> Liv McGill, <laughs> Mama McGill, Miss Starks, Miss Alexis, I love you all. Safe travel. <laughs> Safe travel there and Safe back. Safe travel. <laughs> um, oh, uh, and before we get off high school stuff, um, Brady, how did you – obviously you saw a couple games this past week. How do you think – Wait, um, wait, wait. Before you do that, before you do that, can I, can I, can I talk about one other thing real quick? No, how do you think McKenna Christian? No, 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 I, I, uh, not great. <laughs> I mean, she so, was like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've already had this conversation with both of these, both of these two, <laughs> but I, I don't even know how much more I can say that I haven't said already to them, honestly. <laughs> like, uh, how much? Repeat it. Yeah, that's mine. Wants to know. Oh man, I don't know if they do. I don't know if they want to hear all that right now. I I think that she has way more to give than she actually gives on a on a night to night basis, which is a shame because she is incredibly talented, and I feel like there's a lot more that she is able to give, but just either doesn't or you know just chooses not to. I don't know which is worse, but I think she's legitimately like one of the seven eight best kids in Wisconsin right now, and she just like you know 
there's other kids that have done more with less than than she has with what she has been given. So hopefully that changes because obviously she has interest, had interest from a bunch of different power five schools, which is obviously, you know, not an accident. But, you know, I think that uh, she did not give her absolute best yesterday. And I feel like that is probably the nicest way I can put it, um, considering what I've already said to both of you off the pass. <laughs> um but um to change the subject quick before mason uh, asked me a follow-up question i'm sure um no i, I want to shout don't have out follow-up questions i don't have any okay so okay that's fair i feel Good like that you. was probably that was probably the nicest way i could have put that but regardless um moving over to the last thing i wanted to talk about was the verona mcfarland game which you know basically made i like uh iowa city just shift like i don't know 150 miles east to uh, mcfarland for that game um lisa bluter was there jan jensen was there kelly levin made the trip from Seoul in iowa to get there and um obviously tegan mulaney and taylor Shremlo played each other um verona ended up coming out with the win um Tegan Mullaney looked awesome. Um, Taylor Stremlow was really good at distributing the ball. And uh, Reagan Brinks, uh, who's a St. Cloud commit, uh, scored 31 in that game. Didn't score the most in the game because Tegan scored 32. Um, but obviously just a really cool experience, I'm sure, for everyone there. And obviously the Mullaney, Stremlows, Levins, and, and all of them to kind of, you know, be there for that game and have the Wisconsin-Iowa game the day after where they all, I'm sure, went and, uh, you know, had a grand old time. But, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, to them for, for for that as well. But uh, that was the only other thing I wanted to wanted to you know highlight quick before uh before we moved on here. Uh, I don't know what else there is that you boys want to want to talk about, but is that uh That's is there anything else? You guys wanna... Oh, Gophers won. Shout out Gophers, ten and one. Tell you what, didn't I say there? that? Didn't I say last week on the pod, or maybe it's the week before, that if if they ended up beating Purdue, they could be like sitting at one loss, or maybe it was two weeks ago. Like there was a real possibility they could be sitting at one loss going into like than like next year well we have caitlin clark on the 30th okay i'm revising that to be going into the 29th okay i was gonna say <laughs> we have caitlin clark on the 30th and so well, i'll tell you what I'll tell you what, the Grim Reapers coming to coming to the Twin Cities. They already ended one division one college coach's tenure, you know. You'd hate for it to be number two, you know. <laughs> well, we have eight days to find out. They don't come until next Thursday. <laughs> to be to be fair, to be fair, Minnesota, listen, I'm gonna say the most obvious thing ever, and Mason's gonna, you know, probably this is a, something that Mason would follow up saying it's the most genius thing I've ever said. But uh Minnesota is not eastern Michigan. So I will leave it at that. <laughs> we, used to, we used to be for a few years. What changed? Um, Mar Brown. <laughs> Not the coaching staff. Mar Brown. <laughs> Just her. The twenty twos are goddamn queens. Are we allowed to Is... say that on the pod? GD queens. Yeah, I'm not editing it. Is 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 Nia count as a twenty two still, or are are we not? Are you still not counting? I didn't say sophomores. I said the four twenty twos. They changed the trajectory, like. They are our beacon of light. Okay, so Neo only kind of counts. She's a freshman. She's a freshman this year. Like if, you ask me to, if you ask me to rank them, I'm just going to say Mara Braun 1 through 20. Huh. Oh, my God. Queen. All right. All right. Is that is that a good spot to, to end it? Is there anything else we want to throw out there and see what sticks? Not much not unless you're going to talk about uh, your game you went to yesterday, but we'll save that for the next podcast. 
Oh God. No, I think I think I've said enough <laughs> about that homestead Hartford game at this point. Everyone come say but, hi. Well, this won't be out by then. I'm like, come say hi at the St. Thomas Wisconsin game. <laughs> let's all come with me to what watch. What do you mean? I can I can I can put it out before then. Okay, let's all come watch. Let's all come watch Wisconsin lose. Oh wow, what a true hater. I gotta respect the game at this point. <laughs> That's just true commitment to the bit. <laughs> oh, all right. All right, everyone. Hey. Everyone, show out to St. Thomas and uh, make sure everyone says hi to Eric and and make sure that he knows that Katie Denebier is good at basketball. She's she's decent. Hey, hey, Channing Tatum.